I want to talk one more week about the promise keeper. The promise keeper. And uh, I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning. I want to read a passage out of the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. It's, uh, we read it last week, but I want to lift up the Lord Jesus who always keeps his word. He is, if anything, that he is. He is all things, the beginning and the end. But if he's anything that we need him to be after we get born again, it's to be the promise keeper. And, of course, we got born again because he is the promise keeper. But uh, Ephesians 1 says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. That's why we celebrate him with all our hearts. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. I want to read that again. He chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us as one with Christ from the beginning so that we would always be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning. That makes it happen. That's true to the word. He is the word and he's true to it and he keeps it and he never fails, not one time ever. And just like, just as when we have a wedding, we have witnesses, witnesses that witness the vows. That when a man and a woman speak to each other and say, I vow, whatever they vow, to honor, to, to uh, keep, keep myself for you, all those vows, they're witness so that they will keep the vow. People that never make a vow, they just shack up, they just uh, move in together. There's never a, a, a retainer on their lives to keep those words. And I'm here to tell you this morning... The Lord God said he would keep his word, and he wrote it down. He had it wrote so that we all could be witnesses of what you said. God, you said by his stripes we were healed. And we have a witness. It's proclaimed publicly, and you said you would keep that word, and I'm going to hold you to that word. Amen? That's what I want to proclaim today is that uh, if uh, that we... we Push out all doubt, all hesitation, whether God will keep his word for me, that, uh, that I'm not qualified or that he's not able. We just, we're going to flush that out and say, I'm worthy by the blood, like Eric said this morning, cleansed and made whole. Can't get any more holy or more righteous than we are right now. Could have a better Amen. It's done. It's finished. You're as good as you're going to ever be. You, we can perfect our mind, our behavior through renewing our mind. But as far as heaven's concerned, we are tapped in. Hallelujah. And God's going to keep his word if anybody will believe it. And what we're going to do is say, well, people that just believe it 20% are no further back than the people that just believe it 95%. We have to go in all the way. We have to immerse. We have to completely give ourselves in. In, Mark, in Matthew 25, it talks about easily persuaded to believe. I declare that we are easily persuaded to believe. That if we had that baby born in our church, we'd just gather up and spend the night or whatever it took to see 
God's word come to pass. Amen. Uh, I, I have a uh, Psalm 138, 8. Listen to this because it's in the Passion. Psalm 138, 8 says this. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. When I saw that yesterday, I said, that's it. You keep every promise you've ever made to me since your love for me is so constant and so endless. I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing you've begun in me. Can we say that last part together? I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing you've begun in me. I want to I wanna say that a lot of it is just heart. A lot of faith is just heart. And that, past, that testimony we just read, those people didn't know anything. They weren't Bible school. They weren't under a pastor. They weren't educated. They didn't have, I don't know what their Bible knowledge was, but they just said, well, we can't just throw this kid in the river. We're Christians now. You know, that's pretty amazing that you would say, I'm changed. We're going to do it different than we've ever felt or ever done. We're just going to pray. Don't know how to pray specifically, but we're just going to pray. We don't even know what the miracle would need to look like or what it would take, but we're just going to pray. And God just says, I can work with that. And I'm telling you, our situation, whatever yours is or whatever comes, God can work with some heart. We just got to have some heart that just says, I'm not stopping till the word is true in evidence, in manifestation. You keep every promise you've ever made to me since your love for me is so constant and never and so endless. I ask you, Lord, to finish every good work you've begun in me. Jesus healed every single sick person that came to him. I want you to hold that thought. Everybody that came to him, he healed. Amen. Luke chapter 17. Oh, I want to I want to lift up the Lord Jesus that keeps his word and performs miracles as a way of life. Verse 11. Look at this. It's a it's a common story and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. You know, Samaria was a rough place for Jews. And he as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, according to the culture they had to. And they lifted up their voices, all ten, and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Would you all say there was a little bit of believing there? There was a little bit of they'd heard the word about this man that had healed other lepers. And when he saw them, he said unto them at a distance, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. The word means purified. And one of them, say 10%, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. 
the word stranger there is is in the um, see if it's in the amplified that way um, in one version it's translated alien and uh, on, uh, certainly in several versions it's translated foreigner so so Samaritans were outside kind of like the Syrophoenician woman they were not in the preferred miracle class at all and he said unto him arise go thy way thy faith hath made thee whole now i want to look at this this morning just for a moment because we're talking about heart god's word is true but it's ignited or it's activated when you have some heart it's not activated by people that are just asleep in the kingdom and just like, well, if it's true, it'll come to pass. You know, nobody in here got born again that way. And certainly we didn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost being passive. I, all of us came out of some sort of mainline thing that I don't think any of y'all were raised Pentecostal, Church of God, Church of Assembly of God, where it was just a part of it. We all had to be busted out of something else, and it took heart. It took passion. It took a, it took a wanting to get there, and uh, it happened. Well, let's look at this leprosy thing for a minute. I looked up leprosy, and I found pictures on Google. And it's pretty tough. It's a bacteria. It's a, it's a nerve disease, degenerative nerve disease. And uh, people that get it live to, they said, nine years to 30 years. And 30 years would be the most. And they, they die because uh, they're blind. They've lost limbs that had to be cut off, amputated because... They're, they just degenerated, and they, so they just keep cutting them off because of the infection. And uh, finally, they die. They are very dependent after the disease takes out their sight, their hearing, uh, takes off their fingers, their toes, even their legs, uh, their arms. They lose that, and so they just can't keep themselves going unless they have somebody to take care of them. Leprosy is uh, it's a, it's a painful and a dependent life. And it's uh, characterized by, you've probably seen pictures, of large sores. And the dictionary said um, they were called uh, ulcerated sores. And so that would be like boils that, and I don't want to get gross here, but boils that, that are oozing, that sort of thing. Just, just nasty uh, sort of things. And lots of scabs from those sores that have... Uh, oozed and they're real slow to heal and so they're always in a flux of a new outbreak on their body concerning that it's characterized in the face by bloating by a hardened skin uh, by lots of scabs lots of cracks and and deep wrinkles uh, bloodshot eyes a blackened and even ulcerated tongue so it's a terrible condition it's one of the uh, most hellish diseases to come on people in the extremities that was the face the extremities there's usually numbness because it's a nerve disease and uh, it results many times in paralysis and uh, there's a because it uh, is nerve and it affects the uh, sinews the ligaments their fingers and their their thumbs usually draw up into a claw and then they lose the feeling of it and most of the pictures I saw 
they had at least two or three or all of their fingers or thumbs missing. And they were, they were completely off at the bottom knuckle. Um, don't want to wipe you all out on all that, but we're blessed. We're blessed. But, I, but here's the point. Just like I read you that tremendous testimony about the baby girl in India and how far God went through prayer to change them, I want to I lift up the Lord Jesus this morning that he's able to heal us of anything and deliver us, but we've got to have a heart. And the heart here is that, uh, let's look in verse 14. Verse 14, he said, after he said, uh, uh, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, the reason he sent them to show themselves to the priest is because they were outcasts, they were unclean, and any time they came into any area where there were people, they had to be humiliated by shouting or hollering, unclean, unclean, uh, because that was, uh, or they'd be stoned if you didn't, and they caught you. That, we know that about the woman with the issue of blood, that she was, not, she was unclean uh, because of that uh, issue. And so, uh, so Jesus did what Leviticus, what Moses had commanded anybody that was ever cleansed of leprosy, and people were under the uh, old covenant. He said, you go to the priest. Well, what would the priest do? Well, that's why I told you all this gross stuff. The priest would look for a change to verify. He would be kind of like a notary. He would verify they have been healed. Now, when he said that, the, the bloated face would be down, the scabs would, and the uh, sores would not be ulcerated, the eyes would not be bloodshot, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the body would still be uh, amputated, or their ears and their nose uh, and their lips would not be different if they were gone and they were degenerated, and, and you know their nose would be gone, their ears would be gone. That would all be there, but the, the scab, the tongue... The uh, sores would all be smooth. And the priest, if he could verify that even though they had been a leper and they still had that evidence, they had been healed. So he told the ten, go show yourself to the priest. Do you all see that in verse 14? Go show yourselves. And as they went, they were cleansed, which is another word for purified. I know I'm going into this a lot, but it, 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 it bears it out. Um, in verse 17, it says, when one came back and gave him thanks, it says, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Here we have a, a, a little bit of a pattern of the number of people in the kingdom or whatever that get relief or get a touch from God, the percentage of people that will acknowledge God in it. I know... Um, uh, in a lot of crusades, like Benny Hinn, and uh, I'm not sure about Oral Roberts, but in times past, the figure that they put out is that only 15% of people that have been in a miracle crusade in America retain their healing. They just don't acknowledge God. They just like, oh, well, we can go. Now, we, now we, we're strong enough to go to the bar, and yeah, now we're, we feel good enough to you know, go do this and that, and they go right back to it many times. But about 15% is what I've heard. And so you can see that a lot of people do not give glory to God. And Jesus 
remarked on this. He said, were there not ten, let me find out where I was, um, in 17, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory unto God. Um, verse 18 in the Amplified says, were there not, were, was there no one found to return, and number one, to recognize, number two, to give thanks, and number three, to give praise to God except this alien. So Jesus thought it was right to come back and give praise to God. Would you all agree that it's right to give praise to God when he touches you? Uh, when he heals you, when you get saved, we ought to lift our hands and say, thank God I'm saved today. Thank God I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus noted that. And then he said, verse 19, arise, go thy way. He responded to this man's heart that he came back and he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Arise, go thy way. Now, what's the difference between this one and the other nine? What did he tell the other nine or all 10 of them actually? Go show yourself to the priest. Why? Because they had to be verified that they were healed. Why did Jesus not say, okay, I see you've come back. That's good. Now go show yourself to the priest. Why would he not command him? Why did he say, go thy way? Because he was made so whole. He was not just healed of the scabs and the sores, but his nose his ears, his limbs, his fingers were completely restored. Now, you'll look at commentaries, and I looked at a bunch of them, and they all say, well, no, it's just, you know, and it's just a big, but there's no other reason why Jesus would say, you're good. You don't need to go to the priest because nobody will ask you, are you cleansed? You're completely restored and normal and what the Word calls uh, uh, skin fresher than a child. It's in the Old Testament somewhere in Job, yeah. So Jesus was able, listen, he was able to give this one man more, but he would have given the other nine just as much if all ten had come back and said, this is a great day. And this might not be our last need of a great day. We're going to come back and make this right instead of just running off with the, the healing gift and say, let's take it and run. It's an amazing thing, and it excited me to know that Jesus will answer our heart. In James chapter uh, 5, it says, when we're sick, let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him and anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. That shows heart. Are y'all with me this morning? It shows like we're calling on God. Now, if you can get your healing on your own, I'm going to talk about that for a second. That's the way. But we all need help. I said we all need help. You, you'll just not go through this life and not need help in some realm. Turn with me, if you would, to, um, uh, well, we're right there, Luke chapter uh, 18, verse 35. I want to talk, I'm talking about this heart. 
this passion, this not being resigned about the promises, but saying, pressing, pushing, uh, 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 leaning into saying, God's word is true, and I'm not going to sit back and just say, well, maybe not me, maybe not now, maybe when I get better, or when, whatever reason people use, we just say, no, this is the truth, this is the will of God, and I'm pressing. Verse 35 says, it came to pass that as he was come nigh into Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant, and they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. There's heart right here. There's a lot of blind people, like we're at the, uh, the man sitting at the gate, beautiful. He wasn't blind, but it was a lot of them that just sat for years and years and years. And Jesus walked by and walked by and walked by. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Look, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. He had heart. That won't, those, those women in India or Pakistan, wherever they were, had heart. And said, we're going to, it wasn't their baby. It wasn't, wasn't their kinfolks. They just said, we're Christians. And this is what Christians, surely, this is what they do. They believe God. They press in. And God answered them. They say, the book that I read, got this out of says, it is, is the, uh, uh, one of the most notable miracles in that whole era. This miracle I just read, we just read about in chapter 17 was the first leper that had been healed since Naaman. I, that's recorded, I mean. And I, I didn't look it up. I meant to, to find out what year Naaman was running around. But it was back in Samuel or Kings or Chronicles. It was one of those way back books that you go, that was right after Abraham or something. It was a long time ago. First recorded leper being healed. And just because, because he had the rest of his life, just because he circled back around to Jesus and said, I want to thank you. And Jesus said, you came back and you got more. You're going to get more. Completely erased his past as a leper. He wouldn't even look the same. You know, if the, the, the markings and the disfigurement, there would be people, if he put on a new hat and put on some, you know, some high-dollar shades, he, he wouldn't even be recognized. He could go in and get him, a, you know, a, a job at Mercedes or something, and, you know, he'd go from begging to being a productive citizen just because he had a little bit more and pressed in. They all had faith. They all called on God. But one came back and said, I've got heart here. Family, we got to have heart. We're not passive. We're not a people that just says, I'm just trying to get through life. We've got life covered in the Lord Jesus. 
we're getting enough life in us so that there is an overflow to give to others. Just want to tell you what happened to me. I've been healed. I've been set free. I've been delivered. Let me let me minister to you and give you the Jesus that that God gave to me and get and have some heart about this instead of just thinking about God when we have a need. Heart just says, I've got it so I can give it to others. In, uh, in Matthew 8, would you turn with me to Matthew 8? We're seeding Tuscaloosa with a miracle atmosphere. You say, don't you Tuscaloosa? And right now we're seeding the part of Tuscaloosa that we're in. We're just seeding. You got to put seed in the ground if you want to harvest. You got to put you got to put what you have out there if you ever expect to have more. And so we just we've got a we've got a few miracles here at River Church, and so we're just taking that and proclaiming it. We have we have lymphoma, we have healed and and a, a hernia healed, we have uh, pancreatic. We got some things that we can say Jesus Heal these people. We were there. We saw it. It's, it's true. And so we're going to seed Tuscaloosa with what we have. In Matthew chapter 8, look in verse 1. It says, when he was come down from the mountain, great can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Same word, purified. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded, that would be in Leviticus, for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, so that was the end of that story, he said, go, go verify it so you can get back into life. And when he was coming to entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. You see, there's some heart here. I said, there's some heart. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, heard the heart, he marveled. What do you all think it takes to get the Lord Jesus to marvel? Here it is right here. He marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from the east and west and sit down under the, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And here it is again. He picks it back up. Jesus saith unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. Now I want to mark two things here. First of all, I want to mark that um, um, the leper, in verse 2, it says, Behold, there came a leper. Did you see it? Came a leper. 
came to Jesus, didn't he? He came to Jesus. I want you to notice here in verse, uh, uh, verse 5, there came unto him a centurion, and they both got instant result, immediate results. There was a conversation with the centurion, but it was immediate results. Now look here and uh, go back to where we were in verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife, Peter's wife's mother, laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Uh, I read a story this morning, I'll bring it another time, that in this same area of India, not the same area, but in that part of the world, said there was a demon-possessed man. They said he was a lunatic. He was out of his mind and was so violent. It reminded me of the Gadarene demoniac that they showed a picture in this book of him with a, a uh, what do you call it, a shackle around his ankle and a chain, and they showed the post. There was a post in the ground. There was a post about that big. And they showed him shackled to that, and he was that way eight years until someone came and ministered to him. And then they took the shackle off, and he was normal. I saw the picture of him. He was normal. They showed a picture of him shackled, and then they showed a picture of him normal, just like the Gadarene demoniac. These things are happening. Now, in America, we have a whole different view of it, a perspective of it, because we just institutionalize these people or drug them or whatever people do to get them where we don't see them chained down on 15th Street, chained to a post or in somebody's backyard. We never see that. But the torment or the bondage is just as great. And we have religious devils here in this city that would never hurt you, would never, you know, break into your car. But they'll tear up every life they can with their doctrine. I say that back in Jesus' day, there was a sect of Sadducees and Pharisees that defied the law. They said, oh, you can't even heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus came back and said, what? You unloose your ox and lead him to water. Or if he's in the ditch, you get him out on the Sabbath. But this woman of Abraham, this woman, this, uh, this daughter of Abraham... Why shouldn't she be loosed on the Sabbath? She's been under bondage 18 years. He always was defying that. So there was some Pharisees in that day, but I say that in America and surely in Tuscaloosa, we have a whole culture of Pharisees that, de that deny the supernatural. And we've come face to face with it at the healing center where we invite people and tell them our testimony. Here, we've got can pancreatic cancer. Here, we have lymphoma. We have, we, have, we have testimonies where people just came in, not really spiritual people, just came in and, and received ministry and doctor documented. And you see these people, they're desperate. It's not like I don't have enough money. They're outside of the doctor's expertise. The doctor's... Uh, one woman I know, and I've known her before she was afflicted and now after, they're going to drill a hole in her head and try to clip whatever's given the uh, Parkinson's. They're going to they're drill a hole in her head. 
you go, you know, I, I, I that's no heart. A little heart would say, sure, I could stop by on my way to the basketball game and get y'all to pray for me on Saturday. I'm in. It's like, no, no, no. That is a religious spirit that's just as demonic as the, and I don't, I'm not talking about the person. I'm talking about the spirit that's in our culture and how we were raised with it. That's just like the man that's chained to the post, out of their mind, can't help themselves, cannot get relief. Somebody has to come and say, Jesus the Christ sets you free. Somebody does, or they'll never change. And so uh, uh, notice this, this woman, this uh, mother-in-law of Jesus, of uh, Peter, she did not come to Jesus. Two instant healings because they came to Jesus with heart and said, I got, I got trouble. Please help me. This one woman, though, she didn't come. And she exercised no faith. Can you all see that she probably was out of it? She had a fever, and Jesus touched her hand. Noticed he did not pray for her in any of these three cases. The Bible says that we're to heal the sick, not pray for the sick. Sometimes you have to pray to get it, but it's not necessarily. Sometimes he never said a word. Sometimes he didn't, the Lord Jesus didn't touch him. He said a word. He would say, be healed and be made thou whole. But it's not a long prayer necessarily. Now, some people, you have to work with them. You have to get into them. But a lot of times, the serious stuff, you got to get them where they can even be worked on. You got to get them set free so you can even work with them. So my point being here is that if you're going, you and I, we're already believers. We're already in. If we're going to come to Jesus with heart, we better bring some faith. If you're in Walmart and somebody's got a gimpy leg or, you know, whatever, you don't, they don't have to have any faith. You just come and minister to them. And Jesus brought his faith to this, this mother-in-law and just laid hands or uh, what did it say? She, uh, he touched her hand. And so uh, I think the answer, this is just me. It's just to reach down, spend some time till you can find heart. You know, I mean that by that passion where you stir yourself up and say, let's do an assessment here, Michael. Let's assess your life and say, you've done it this way and you've thought this way and you've always believed this way. And what did it do? And, you know, draw a line under it and add up everything and, and then put the sum. And then you go over here to the Bible and say, and they didn't have this, and they didn't do this, and they didn't have that, and but they had heart, and then draw a line and add it up and see what they got. And you go, wow. And it happened right away. Heart would be the answer. Church, I'm saying River Church ought to stir up. If we do anything with our life, we ought to have heart. I look at people, I study people, biographies and stuff, and there's a few people that die every year in the world. There's a few people that die that have, that they're, excuse me, that they're famous. That you go, wow, you know, Kissinger, well, he's still alive. So, you know, Mahatma Gandhi died or, uh, uh, 
somebody died and you go, you know, let's have a day of mourning and we note and they, they list their accolades, their life and everything. And you go, wow, they lived a great life. But there's three people that leave the world every second. Every second. Two of them go to hell. Over two of them go to hell. Uh, but three people are dying every second. And they didn't do anything with their life. Nothing that the world concerns, con concedes that's worthy. You get a little old bit in the paper. And some people go to the funeral. That lasts one day. And then for a month or so, people will call you. Well, how are you? You know, how, you know, so-and-so passed away. And how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? And after four, five, six weeks, you know, when you put your finger in a bowl of water and pull it out, it was like you were never there. And so I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle passing from this world, but the one thing we can do is have heart while we're here. You may, not, you may not change the world and invent a polio vaccine, but bless God, we can be, have heart and change the kingdom. Um, I want to read this scripture again. Pa uh, Psalm 138. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Could we say that of the Lord this morning? Could we all, just for a second, not... not not mimic, not parrot it, but say of the Lord. You'd have to ask yourself, have you kept every promise to me? And if he has, because you'd have to discount things that you said, you know, I, I, I wasn't in. You'd have to go past me to, to, to make that happen. But everything I've asked you, according to your word, have you done it? Really? So I'm going to say it because I, I, I can say it. Let's say it together if you can. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping every promise you've ever made to me. You saved me according to your word. You filled me with the Holy Ghost exactly like you said. Lord, my money has gone exactly like you say in your word. And Lord, when I've laid hands on the sick, they have recovered in, gosh, every time it could happen, you made it happen. Lord, I thank you that you keep every promise you've ever made to me. I want to read this scripture, and we'll quit with this scripture, because we're talking about healing this morning. We didn't talk a lot about scriptures this morning, because you already know the healing scriptures. But 1 Peter 2.24 is a covenant scripture, and we ought to believe it. Who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree. So on the cross, he bare or took away our sins in his body. That we, having died to sin, or being dead to sin, being dead to sin, no longer is sin over us. Romans says that sin shall not have dominion over you. So I'm dead to sin. Everybody in here dead to sin? Dead to sin. Sin has no power over me. Should live under righteousness. That means that we should live as Jesus lived. That we, because there's no limitation or bondage, there's no chain around us, we should live under righteousness. We should live financially. We should live maritally. We shall live uh, in our health. We should live under righteousness. Why? Because by his stripes ye were healed.
So this morning, if you need a miracle, I don't say we're going to pray for you, but we're going to say for you, and we're going to get something happening this morning. If you need something in your body or otherwise, we're going to speak to it this morning because there's an atmosphere of miracles in this room right now. We've preached it. We've testified of it. We've read testimonies of it right now. Anybody need a miracle or a change in your body? Change in your body. Amen. Are y'all agree with me right now? For strength, be strong, Debbie, in the name of Jesus. Be strong. I release strength into you now in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Amen. Brother Lawrence, what is it? Well, we believe. We believe. Be free. Be healed. Be made whole, Lawrence Nodine. Now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to trouble and I say, leave Lawrence's body now in the name of Jesus. Be done. Amen. Amen. You will see a difference right now. Right now. Can you tell any difference right now, Lawrence? Amen. He's breathing good. Who else this morning? Miss Lisa? What is it? Okay. Can you, can you give us a discreet? direction just is it digestive is it uh, headaches is it just if you can't that's fine okay you know what it is in the name of jesus be healed lisa irby now in jesus name condition adverse condition leave her body and be healed in jesus name amen now say something, Lisa, in response to that. Be that tenth leper. Say something to God. Amen. Amen. You are healed in Jesus' name. It has changed. Your condition has changed. How are you, Miss Madison? You're good? Miss Annette? You're good, Barry? Everybody good? Okay. Okay. You know, we can do that in this church. We can learn. We can... We can come together and say, and, and, and we have to do that. We, because all of this is cultural against us, and we're just, we're just stretching our wings out and saying, let's take a chance. Let's believe the word all the way. Because if we just try stuff, it doesn't work. You got to be all in. And you know, it's kind of like the uh, first time you fly an airplane without somebody in the other pilot. You got to make that takeoff and you got to make that landing. It's a hundred percent you, and that's what we have to do. We're going to get out there and just do all we can and let the Lord take care of it. Are y'all with me on that? We're just gonna we're just gonna say let's go for it. A wheelchair comes in. We're gonna ask the Lord, can we pray for that? Can we minister to that and see if He says not now or if He says yes? Because he doesn't always say yes to everything that's moving. Yeah, it's sometimes, but anyway. Amen. Anybody got a testimony of anything this morning? Not necessarily this, but anything. Well, amen. Okay. Okay.
Well, that's all I have. Hallelujah. I say Jesus is Lord. And Lord, you've kept every promise you've ever made to me. I'm going to say it every day. You've kept every, I'm going to make myself believe and throw out every residue of unbelief. You have kept every promise you've ever made to me. Now finish or perfect everything you've started in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless.